Chapter Three of Uncle Silas. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Uncle Silas, by J. Sheridan Lefanu, Chapter Three, A New Face. I think it was about a fortnight after that conversation in which my father had expressed his opinion, and given me the mysterious charge about the old oak cabinet in his library, as already detailed, that I was one night sitting at the great drawing-room window, lost in the melancholy reveries of night, and in admiration of the moonlighted scene. I was the only occupant of the room, and the light near the fire at the far end hardly reached to the window at which I sat. The shorn grass sloped gently downward from the window till it met the broad level on which stood, in clumps, or solitarily scattered, some of the noblest timber in England. Hoar in the moonbeams stood those graceful trees casting their moveless shadows upon the grass, and in the background, crowning the undulation of the distance, in masses, were piled those woods among which lay the solitary tomb where the remains of my beloved mother rested. The air was still, the silvery vapor hung serenely on the far horizon, and the frosty stars blinked brightly. Everyone knows the effect of such a scene on a mind already saddened. Fancies and regrets float mistily in the dream, and the scene affects us with a strange mixture of memory and anticipation, like some sweet old air heard in the distance. As my eyes rested on those to me funereal but glorious woods, which formed the background of the picture, my thoughts recurred to my father's mysterious intimations and the image of the approaching visitor, and the thought of the unknown journey saddened me. In all that concerned his religion from very early association, there was to me something of the unearthly and spectral. When my dear mamma died I was not nine years old, and I remember two days before the funeral, there came to Knoll where she died, a thin little man with large black eyes and a very grave dark face. He was shut up a good deal with my dear father, who was in deep affliction, and Mrs. Rusk used to say, It's rather odd to see him praying with that little scarecrow from London, and good Mr. Clay ready at call in the village. Much good that little black whippersnapper will do him. With that little black man on the day after the funeral, I was sent out, for some reason, for a walk. My governess was ill, I know, and there was confusion in the house, and I dare say the maids made as much of a holiday as they could. I remember feeling a sort of awe of this little dark man, but I was not afraid of him, for he was gentle though sad, and seemed kind. He led me into the garden, the Dutch garden we used to call it, with a balustrade and statues at the farther front, laid out in a carpet pattern of brilliant colored flowers. We came down the broad flight of cane stone steps into this, and we walked in silence to the balustrade. The base was too high at the spot where we reached it, for me to see over, but holding my hand he said, Look at that, my child. Well, you can't, but I can see beyond it. Shall I tell you what? I see ever so much. I see a cottage with a steep roof that looks like gold in the sunlight. There are tall trees throwing soft shadows round it. 
and flowering shrubs, I can't say what, only the colors are beautiful, growing by the walls and windows, and two little children are playing among the stems of the trees, and we are on our way there, and in a few minutes shall be under those trees ourselves, and talking to those little children. Yet now to me it is but a picture in my brain, and to you but a story told by me, which you believe. Come, dear, let us be going. So we descended the steps at the right, and side by side walked along the grass lane between the tall trim walls of evergreens. The way was in deep shadow, for the sun was near the horizon, but suddenly we turned to the left, and there we stood in rich sunlight among the many objects he had described. "'Is this your house, my little men?' he asked of the children, pretty little rosy boys, who assented, and he leaned with his open hand against the stem of one of the trees, and with a grave smile he nodded down to me, saying, "'You see now, and hear, and feel for yourself that both the vision and the story were quite true.' But come on, my dear, we have further to go. And relapsing into silence, we had a long ramble through the woods, the same on which I was now looking in the distance. Every now and then he made me sit down to rest, and he, in a musing, solemn sort of way, would relate some little story, reflecting even to my childish mind a strange suspicion of a spiritual meaning, but different from what the honest Mrs. Rusk used to expound to me from the parables, and somehow startling in its very vagueness. Thus entertained, though a little awfully, I accompanied the dark mysterious little whippersnapper through the woodland glades. We came, to me quite unexpectedly, in the deep sylvan shadows, upon the grey pillar temple, forefronted with a slanting pedestal of lichen-stained steps the lonely sepulchre in which I had the morning before seen poor Mama laid. At the sight, the fountains of my grief reopened, and I cried bitterly, repeating, Oh, Mama, Mama, little Mama, and so went on weeping and calling wildly on the deaf and the silent. There was a stone bench some ten steps away from the tomb. Sit down beside me, my child, said the grave man with the black eyes, very kindly and gently. Now, "'What do you see there?' he asked, pointing horizontally with his stick towards the center of the opposite structure. "'Oh, that! That place where poor Mama is!' "'Yes, a stone wall with pillars too high for either you or me to see over, but—' Here he mentioned a name which I think must have been Swedenborg, from what I learnt afterwards of his tenets and revelations. I only know that it sounded to me like the name of a magician in a fairy tale.' I fancied he lived in the wood which surrounded us, and I began to grow frightened as he proceeded. But Swedenborg sees beyond it, over and through it, and has told me all that concerns us to know. He says your mamma is not there. She is taken away? I cried, starting up and with streaming eyes, gazing on the building which, though I stamped my feet in my distraction, I was afraid to approach. Oh, is mamma taken away? "'Where is she? Where have they brought her to?' I was uttering unconsciously very nearly the question with which Mary, in the grey of that wondrous morning on which she stood by the empty sepulchre, accosted the figure standing near. "'Your mamma is alive, but too far away to see or hear us. Swedenborg, standing here, can see and hear her, 
and tells me all he sees, just as I told you in the garden about the little boys and the cottage, and the trees and the flowers which you could not see. You believed me when I told you, so I can tell you now as I did then, and as we are both, I hope, walking on to the same place, just as we did to the trees and cottage. You shall truly see with your own eyes how true the description is which I give you. I was very frightened, for I feared that when he had done his narrative, we were to walk on through the woods into that place of wonders and of shadows where the dead were visible. He leaned his elbow on his knee and his forehead on his hand, which shaded his downcast eyes. In that attitude he described to me a beautiful landscape, radiant with a wondrous light, in which, rejoicing, my mother moved along an airy path, ascending among mountains of fantastic height, and peaks melting in celestial coloring into the air, and peopled with human beings translated into the same image, beauty and splendor. And when he had ended his relation, he rose, took my hand, and smiling gently down upon my pale, wondering face, he said the same words he had spoken before. Come, dear, let us go. Oh, no, 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 not now, I said, resisting and very much frightened. Home, I mean, dear. We cannot walk to the place I have described. We can only reach it through the gate of death, to which we are all tending, young and old, with sure steps. And where is the gate of death? I asked in a sort of whisper, as we walked together, holding his hand and looking stealthily. He smiled sadly and said, when sooner or later the time comes, as Hagar's eyes were opened in the wilderness, and she beheld the fountain of water, so shall each of us see the door open before us, and enter in and be refreshed. For a long time following this walk I was very nervous, more so for the awful manner in which Mrs. Rusk received my statement, with stern lips and upturned hands and eyes, and an angry expostulation. I do wonder at you, Mary Quince, letting the child walk into the woods with that limb of darkness. It is a mercy he did not show her the devil, or frighten her out of her senses, in that lonely place. Of these Swedenborgians, indeed, I know no more than I might learn from good Mrs. Rusk's very inaccurate talk. Two or three of them crossed in the course of my early life, like magic lantern figures the disk of my very circumscribed observation. All outside was and is darkness. I once tried to read one of their books upon the future state, heaven and hell, but I grew after a day or two so nervous that I laid it aside. It is enough for me to know that their founder either saw, or fancied he saw, amazing visions which, so far from superseding, confirmed and interpreted the language of the Bible. And as dear Papa accepted their ideas, I am happy in thinking that they did not conflict with the supreme authority of Holy Writ. Leaning on my hand, I was now looking upon that solemn wood, white and shadowy in the moonlight, where, for a long time after that ramble with the visionary, I fancied the gate of death, hidden only by a strange glamour, and the dazzling land of ghosts were situate and I suppose these earlier associations gave to my reverie about my father's coming visitor a wilder and a sadder tinge. 
End of chapter 3